Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We are so grateful you have come to join us. We would love to invite you to one of our in-person services. To find out times, locations, and more about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. You. Morning, everybody. Hey, everybody. Roxy, my friend. That's awesome. I love seeing friends. I'm gonna. I want to talk a little bit uh, this morning about friendship. Um, some of the, some of the, all the, the best things in my life have been with friends. Best things. Uh, first and foremost, my wife. Best friend. Favorite person. Still. Almost 35 years married, coming up in June. Favorite person. Favorite person to be with. Friendship. Friendship with God. Friendship with your spouse. Friendship with your friends. Friendship with new people. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to ex- explore that. Uh, man, I, I woke up this morning uh, feeling the weight of uh, this morning. Uh, um, I was just like sitting in front of our fireplace and uh, just uh, wrestling with it. Um, I feel like I'm caught between two worlds, to be honest, um, where I'm seeing the promise and the blessing and the power of God um, like I've never seen before in my life, in my, in, in my home, among friends. And it's incredible. Um, uh, it's just mind-blowing, and I'm deeply humbled, and it's just the mercy of God. Um, and then on the other side, I, I, I'm, I'm watching bring it together. I'm watching, I'm watching uh, uh, people um, just uh, spiral um, and uh, watching lives shipwrecked. Um, and particularly with men, um, so if I if I start to swing in at some of the some of the, some uh, swinging at the guys this morning, know that it's out of, it's out of love and compassion. I just want I, I just want to see the the promise of God fulfilled in in us and through us. Um, so let me start with this in Matthew thirteen. Um, th- this is this is an appetizer to get get us ready for for the rest of it. Now, Matthew thirteen verse ten, it says, uh, "Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables?'" And he answered to them, "He answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given." Man, I've had a hard time with this over my life, throughout my life, when I've read this and not understood this. For to the, to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But, for, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing, they do not see. And hearing, they do not hear. Nor do they understand. Indeed, in their, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that, that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, with their ears they have barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with the ears and understand with their heart and, and turn. And I, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. 
for, sorry, this is what happens when you get teared up and then you can't see through the tears. <laughs> Excuse me. For did not see it and to hear what you hear and you did not hear it. Um, th th this is to just uh, to get us going off on the right foot. I've never understood that. I've always wrestled with it. Why would, uh, why would Jesus make it hard for people to understand things? Um, and this is why I believe I'm going to give you my, my, uh, my uh, understanding as of late. Um, because they wouldn't. Plain and simple. They just wouldn't. They will not. They closed their ears. They chose not. I have, so many times throughout my life, have chosen not to hear. If I have the will to hear, if I have the will and the desire to learn and grow, if I have a hunger and I thirst after the righteousness of Christ, then you have ears to hear. You have eyes to see. He would speak in parables. He would speak in these stories. He would just walk. Uh, I, I did a really interesting uh, study one time, and I, I, can't, I, don't, I just, just remembered it just now, but I, I, I counted. I didn't count, but I found out how many words Jesus had spoken. And then I compared them to approximately how many words I speak in my life. And he spoke very, very little. Very little. I speak an awful lot. There's a whole, <laughs> I know you have a hard time believing that, but it's true. And, and there's a lot of things you could say about that. But one of the things is, is that Jesus did more living and walking than he did speaking. And he would do that so that people would watch. And if they had eyes to see, if they had the will to learn and understand, they would understand the kingdom of God just by watching him. I'm going to pray that over the next few minutes that we would have the will to learn from him, from the Holy Spirit, our friend, the Holy Spirit, that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear. And here's the, here's the kicker. In order for me to grow, I need to be confronted with something that I don't want to grow in. In order for me to learn, I have to actually be confronted where I'm wrong. If you're in martial arts like I am, it's called having a white belt mentality. You're always a white belt. Even if you're a black belt, you're always a white belt. You're always learning. You can learn from anyone. So Holy Spirit, our friend. Soften the soil of our hearts. We ask that you give, you put, put medicine on our eyes so that we can see. Clear our ears so that we can hear what you're saying, Holy Spirit. We just need your words. We just need the words of life. We don't want to leave here the same. We want to leave here more like you. So speak, Holy Spirit, and mercifully give us ears to hear. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You could literally go home now and be changed for the rest of your life. I'm not kidding. Right from that. Oh, dang. <laughs> I got allergies. I'm allergic to feelings. <laughs> feelings come and I don't know what to do with them. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. I push them down. I try to cram them down there. And then they come out in front of people all the time. 
Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Um, where is the Lord? This is, this is a question that the Holy Spirit dropped in, dropped in my heart just quietly, just just, you know, just oh, this impression in my heart, and it, and it kept coming back to me over the last couple of days. Where is the Lord? Where is the Lord? And I thought it was a, I thought it was a strange question in light of what I was, what I was studying, but he says, where is the Lord? I, I used to have this real propensity for uh, running. I was really good at it. Um, hated it in school, but I loved it in life. And I would, I would uh, just take off. I would uh, do things. I would, uh, even before I became a Christian, but then even after I became a Christian, I'd always blame it on God. Ask my wife. We did this for years, uh, early on in our marriage, where I would just like, the Lord has told me we're supposed to move and do this. The Lord has told me we're supposed to move and do that. We're supposed to go and pastor in this church. We're supposed to go to this city. And every about, it was about a year and a half, two years, we, we had this cycle, or I had this cycle, where I would every about a year and a half, two years, uh, I would come up with another reason why God told me that we were supposed to leave. And we'd move on, and we'd move on, and we'd move on. Uh, and, and, uh, and God still uses that. And he redeemed a whole bunch of that, but there was something there was something kind of broken in me. And what I was looking for, I didn't understand what I was looking for, but I was looking for belonging. I was looking for uh, the life that God had called me to. I was looking for the Lord. And I was like, where's the Lord? Where's the Lord? I'd run to the city. Where's the Lord? I'd run to this church. Where's the Lord? I'd be all over the place. I'd run to the Lord. And that was finally finally broke in me uh, in a positive way uh, when we were living in Swift Current. And we had uh, been there. I can't remember how many. Oh, no, sorry. I do know how long we'd been there. We had been there just about, just about two years. And uh, we were there and uh, ministering and doing stuff. And all of a sudden, uh, there was this uh, traveling, uh, I call them a circus, but there's this traveling Christian circus that was coming through town. I can't remember what they were called. Do you remember? Uh, but there was this a group. What's that? Yeah, there's this big group, a group, a big group of Christians. Uh, all these families and stuff, and their Winnebagos and stuff like that, and their tents and everything like that. And they were traveling from the west coast to the east coast, if I remember right. And they were preaching Jesus, and they were doing dramas and doing all this stuff. But they were basically a Christian circus. And they're going. And I came home one day and I said, "Honey, God wants us to join the circus." <laughs> and and. We're going to leave. I, I'm, ask my wife, I'll, I'll talk you in circles until you finally give up. And, uh, and I convinced Barb to, that we were going to pull the girls out of school. We were going to pack, sell whatever we needed to do. And we were going to jump in the vehicles and we we're going to move. Uh, we we're going to join the circus. And then I got a letter in the mail from uh, some of you might know uh, my friend, our friend, uh, Larry Moore. And he was here in Calgary at the time. And I got a letter in the mail and you just remembering the power of moments. Um, and I opened up the letter. It was a it was letters back in the day when people actually wrote letters and mailed them. And it was a letter. And uh, and uh, on it on it he wrote, Sean, take this nail. And on the piece of paper with it was this long nail with red paint put taint, uh, painted on the end of it. He says, take this nail, get a hammer, nail it through your foot into the floor. Do not. Do not go anywhere. Stay. And I can't explain it other than the grace of God. Something changed in my heart. Something that had been in me for almost 30 years, or more than 30 years, whatever. I can't remember how old I was. This propensity of running and looking somewhere else. And something broke in my heart. 
and we stayed. We stayed there for seven, seven and a half years until the Lord literally called us back here, back home to Calgary. Matthew 13, verse 44. Lord, give us ears to hear. Matthew 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like the treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in joy he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. He sold everything for that field, that dirty, dusty field that had a hidden treasure in it. He sold it all. I spent my, I, up to that point, I spent my life selling nothing, but just running from one field to the next, running to another field, running to another field, until I realized I needed to sell all because where I was actually standing was where the treasure was. This is a picture of Jesus, ultimately, first and foremost, selling everything, giving everything, the Father giving everything in the, in the form of his Son in order to reveal, to discover the treasure of you and I. And then, because we are like Christ now, this is a picture of you and I finding the treasures of God in the fields that we find ourselves standing in. If... We'll sell everything. Or we can run off to the next field. I was going to talk about friendship today, and I am. I've got... We are blessed. Man. So incredibly blessed with the friendships that we have. And I will boast in them. I will boast. I got the best friends i got the best friends ever. And it's just the mercy of the Lord. It is the mercy of the Lord. And it, it is from selling everything for the treasures found in these dusty fields that we find ourselves in. We spent the, the, the night with Tim and Melissa, Pastor Tim and Melissa from uh, West, West Campus. We've been friends for 30-some years. The amount of times that I've had to sell something in order to stay friends with Tim. <laughs> oh, you, I can't count how many things I've had to sell in order to keep my friendship with Timmy. And you know what? Even more so would be true for Tim, for his friendship with me. We've committed, with, committed to one another. Tim and Melissa and Barb and I decided years ago that the most important thing in our lives was our friendship that that was where the glory of God was found. If God, if we love God, we love people. And as scripture says, they will know that you are Christians. You, they, we, they will know that you are followers of Christ. They will know that you are actually sons and daughters of God by the love that you have for one another. If that is where the glory of God is, if that is how God is glorified, then we decided that our friendship was actually more important. Oh, this is going to get on some people. But our friendship was more important than the churches that we were planting. Not that the churches weren't important. But those churches were literally built upon our friendships. 
If you have a church, I don't care how awesome it is, how cool it is, how funky it is, how awesome their pastors look and how good they preach and how awesome the worship is, how cool the buildings are and everything, I don't care. If it's not built on the friendship of God, then it's empty. It's empty. If my marriage is not built upon a selfless, I'm going to sell everything for this field that I'm standing in to reveal the treasure that is found in between you and I. If my marriage is built on something other than that, it's empty. Where's the glory of God in that? I got tinnitus from gunfire. I shouldn't say that out loud. <laughs> I, got, I can barely hear out of this left ear. There's always a screaming, screaming, piercing noise in my ear. So sometimes I have to really focus. Sometimes I really, I don't know why I told you that. Some of you got spiritual tinnitus. <laughs> oh man, ooh, that's a good one. Some of you got spiritual tinnitus and you got such screaming in your ear that you really need the Lord's grace to help you focus and listen past that. Because everything in you right now is going, <laughs> tell me not to church hop. Tell me to focus where I'm at. Tell me to sell all for this dirty, crummy field I find myself standing in. Tell me that. I'm not telling you anything. I'm just reading you scripture. Friendship. Wonderful friendship. David and Jonathan. Oh, there's so much stuff that you could talk about David and Jonathan. How they, how they laid down their lives for one another. How, they, how they, they risked everything for one another. How Jonathan, who was rightly in line to be king, literally humbled himself, submitted himself to his friend. So much so they even stood and he, and he, and he defended David before his, his king and his father Saul. So much so that his father actually threw a spear and tried to pin him to the wall. He loved his friend so much, he risked everything. He, he, he paid, he sold everything for his friendship. They sold everything for their friendship for one another. In 1 Samuel verse 20, or cha- sorry, 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 42, it says, Then Jonathan, 1 Samuel 20, 42 says, then Jonathan said to David, go in peace because we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord. Saying, the Lord shall be between me and you and between my offspring and your offspring forever. The Lord shall be between me and you and between my offspring and your offspring forever. There's a word in here that's also seen in Genesis 31, and it's mitzvah. Mitzvah. It means watchtower. It means the Lord is a watchtower between you and I and the commitment that we've made to one another. The Lord is a watchtower between us, and he's going to watch us. Even when we are not together, he's going to watch over, and he's going to make sure that we keep our promises to one another. We keep our vows to one another. We keep our commitments strong. He's going to watch over this. The question in the beginning was, where is the Lord? He's between you and I. 
Where is the Lord? He's between you and your spouse. Where is the Lord? He's between you and your friend. You say, I don't have any friends. Sell everything for the field that you find yourself standing in. Take that nail, <laughs> ram it through your foot. Incidentally, I didn't do that physically. I did it spiritually in my intellect and in my soul, but I didn't do it physically. But take that nail and jam it in your foot and commit. Commit. By your faith, you say you love God? In Second Peter, it talks about the virtues that we're supposed to build our lives upon. And he says, if you build your life, if you supplement these virtues in your life, then you will live a life that is actually, your faith will actually, your knowledge of God will actually be helpful and useful for the world around you. And you will actually not fail. And it's faith. My understanding of who Christ is and who I am in him, it's his goodness. It's all about understanding that his goodness is rushing towards me. He doesn't look at me with a side eye. He loves me. He favors me because of Christ Jesus. And his, his goodness is constantly rushing towards me. And because of that, the goodness of God can then rush out of me into, towards other people. It's knowledge. It's understanding the nature and the, and the intentions of God in our lives, instead of being uh, vague about it, but we understand how powerful it is, we understand how uh, compassionate it is, we understand what his voice is for me today. Self-control. Actually, putting my selfish ambition, my, my, my own likes and, and dislikes aside for the people, for God and for the people that, are, that, are, that I find standing in the field with me. Self-control, perseverance, persevering until we see the promises of God fulfilled in our lives. Godliness, the fear of God, saying like Jesus when he walked out of the, out of the wilderness after 40 days, there was nothing that held him. He was fearless because nothing in this world held him. It was only the fear of the Lord. It was only God himself that actually led him and he, nothing held him. Nothing could manipulate him anymore. Not anymore, just couldn't manipulate him. Then brotherly affection and love. Notice how many of those things are dealing with things in our heart and then all of a sudden it flows out into the people around us. Friendship. And then love for everyone. And he says, if you live like this, you'll never fail. Sign me up for that. Mitzvah. God is the one standing in between you and I. The question for me so often is, where's God in my life? And the Lord is, where's your commitment to your brothers? How come I'm not seeing the peace of God in my life? Well, the Lord's like, well, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm right here in between your friends that you committed to. I'm, in, I'm right here between you and your wife that you made commitments and vows to. I'm right here between the church, the body, the, the community that you committed to. That's where you'll find the peace of God. The Lord is found between you and I. He's watching to see that you keep your vows. You say, well, I haven't made any vows. <laughs> Good on you. The only way, the only, <coughs> the only way that we see the promise of God fulfilled in our lives is by walking in the virtues of Christ, as we just talked about from 2 Peter chapter 1. And by faith, we let the goodness of God rush out of our lives towards one another and we sell all for each other because Christ is our all. What do I have? What, sorry, what do I need? 
I can I can come into my relationship with you and not have a, any, a string attached to anything where I go, I will be your friend, but this is what I'm expecting in return. Because Christ is my all. Christ is all. Christ in all. He is my everything. I've died. I've taken up my cross. I live for you. I die for you, Jesus. I am now able to love selflessly the people around me. And the Lord's like, I can bless that. We talked about this morning, you know, the gathering together of the body of Christ, how beautiful it is, how powerful it is, how incredible it is, unless we keep coming together just shallowly. Church is awesome. Okay, I might step on a couple toes here, but I haven't really stepped on any toes yet. Well, maybe I have, but it's, church is awesome. Church, Sunday morning, the Sunday morning expression of the body of Christ coming together, worshiping, all this stuff. This is awesome. This is really, really good. And it's a priority, and it's important. But... For me, it's kind of the shallow end of the pool. It's an important part of the pool that you absolutely need. But if this is all you do, if this is all I do is I come together and I come together at this level of commitment, while we all kind of like the same kind of sing, we're, we're good, good with this couple doing music. I kind of like that. They kind of like that. Okay, we agree upon that. The chairs are okay. You know, the purple ones are a little bit harder than these ones, but we're okay. We're good with that. We're good with the timing. The stairwell, that's a, it's a little bit of long stairs. Sometimes it smells and everything, but I can get over that and everything like that. And uh, the preaching is awesome. The preaching is, I don't know, it's a little suspect. Uh, but you know, I, I, I can agree at that level. And we just come together always at that level of agreement. That's really good at first. There's a time for baby stuff. And then there's a time for growing in the meat of the word of God. There's a time to start growing up. If this is new to you, welcome and you are free. In fact, you all are free. Sorry, not, not just you. <laughs> You're all free. You're all free. And if this is new for you, just soak it in. Just go, woo, this is, whoa, this is new. People liking me. We, I've got friends that this church is a completely new thing to them. And they're just like, I remember, I remember George. <laughs> He's not sitting there, but that's where he usually is. <laughs> is he sick today? Oh, okay, his mom's here. Uh, George, I remember he gave his life to the Lord what, just a little bit over a year ago. And I remember the first time he got, came to church and he's like, he, it blew his mind. He had never been in a, in a situation where there was a whole bunch of people being nice to one another and kind to one another and all talking about Jesus together. It blew his ever-loving mind. He was sitting in my living room with a group of guys that, we, that are mentor, and he's just like, this is, I, he just, he couldn't, he had no, it just, no words. But now, He's gone from that to he's like he's like up here and he's leading us in worship. He's helping out Billy. He's he's loving. He's discipling. He's like he's growing in his faith. He's selling everything for the field he finds himself standing in. That's what the Lord is calling us to today. Where is the Lord? He's between you and I. He's between you and I and our commitment to one another. There's a, um, I, have a I have a spiritual uh, director. It's like a Jesuit priest kind of thing. And he 
walks me through, and we talk about prayer, and we talk about the Lord, and he was telling me the other day about generosity. This is a term that they use, the spiritual fathers, spiritual fathers, mothers, the desert fathers, mothers would use about generosity. And it's the idea that commitment, connection, comes through vulnerability. The more guarded we are, it's like we insulate ourselves with rolls and rolls and rolls of bubble wrap, and then we come together, or those big, those big balls, those big balls that people run around on fields, whatever. We go, burr, burr, we're in the body of Christ. Don't, don't, don't. Whatever. Hey, God bless you. Hey, whatever. And when we're like, you know, six feet away from one another, we never really actually get close to one another. I've been there. I used to not like people, um, and so I insulated myself. Generosity that Jesus modeled for us is a selfless. Um, I'm not going to withhold anything from you. I know this raises questions, and we don't have much time, because Jesus is coming again soon, and the service is almost over. But it doesn't mean I have to trust everybody. Can I just point that out? You don't have to trust everybody. But the Lord, the people that the Lord has given you, he wants to meet you and them in the middle there. And the only way that happens is by us actually being generous with one another, growing in our generosity with one another. I'm growing in my generosity with the church here. It's taken a number of years for me to get to this point. And I'm growing in being able to actually open up my heart before people and trust the Lord with that. I don't even have to trust you with that. I trust the Lord with that. And the more generous I am with myself, the more fully present I am with, with people around me, the more opportunity that gives God to bless that and to, to let his blessing, let his nature flow through that. Where is the Lord? He's between you and I. Can you separate our love for God and walking in the blessing and the knowledge of God and his kingdom power? Can we separate that from how we walk with one another? We can't. We try to, but we cannot. We're looking for healing in our lives. We're looking for peace in our lives. We're looking for joy in our lives. We're looking for freedom in our lives. It's not found in isolation. It's found in Christ with those that God has given us. As uh, Leslie and Adele, everyone comes back up. We prayed at the beginning, Lord, open up our eyes. Lord, open up our ears. Lord, we want to grow in you. Lord, we want to know you. We want to experience you. Sometimes it's so practical. In fact, it usually is always. I pray right now that the Holy Spirit would first of all comfort your heart and my heart with the knowledge of how good he is towards you and I. I pray that the Lord would strengthen your heart 
and free you from the fear that God isn't for you and that God doesn't want good things for you. He bled the ground red, Jesus did for you. He wants you to experience everything that his Father is and has. Holy Spirit, just soften our hearts to that right now, first and foremost. You are good. And you're being good towards us. Your goodness is rushing towards us. Like the prodigal's, prodigal son's father who has ran towards him. He was looking for him before the prodigal son was looking for his father. He ran towards his son before his son ran towards his father. He initiates because he loves us. So let your heart be comforted with that right now. And let your heart be comforted knowing that God is God. He is the God of all gods. He is the Lord of lords. He is the King of kings. There's nothing in this world that has him beside himself, not sure what to do about it. He knows exactly what to do. Before the creation, he had your days numbered. He knew exactly what you do, where you do it, and how. And he has it all laid out. And he wants you to have belonging. He wants you to have a people. He wants to glorify himself through you and your friends. Simple as that. Does he want you to have a friend? I know this sounds elementary, but this is the kingdom of God. Yes. Does he want you to find yourself flourishing like a plant, like a tree planted alongside the waters? Yes. I pray the Lord would comfort your heart, strengthen your heart to realize that perhaps it's time to stop uprooting yourself. Perhaps it's time to stop running like I did so often. And perhaps it's time to start trusting the Lord a little bit more where he's placed you. It may not be here. I'm not necessarily just talking about this church. I have belonging <coughs> with my family, with my best friends. I can list them off. I can name them all because I pray for them all day, by, by name every day. Their husbands, their wives, their kids. This is my belonging. This is the glory of God. You and I, I believe, will stand before the Lord one day, and I believe he's going to list off names. And he's going to ask me, he's going to first and foremost, he's going to say, Sean, how did you serve Barb? How did you sell all for her to reveal the treasure of Christ that is in her? Teresa and Eric, my kids, how did you sell all for them? Naomi, my daughter as well, how did you sell all? Incidentally, the interesting thing, they, thing is, is that you can do that and it does not, it really does not matter how they respond. Love is in need of no reciprocation. 
because we received the love of the Father, and so now we are free to give of ourselves generously and not require anything in response. And that is true love, selfless love. I will receive everything I need from the Father. I will give whatever I can to the people around me, and I will require nothing. And this is how healing comes. So right now I pray that the Father would give you that a, a deeper understanding as a, you're standing before him, that you are loved. That when God the Father said about Jesus, talk about friends, Peter, James, and John up on the side of a mountain, all of a sudden Moses and, and Elijah are there and they're like, oh my gosh, we got to build some tents. And all of a sudden a cloud shows up and God speaks out of the cloud and he says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased, listen to him. Why would he say that audibly there? Did Jesus not know that? No, he knew that, but they needed to hear that. Did they just need to hear that about him, about Jesus? No, they needed to understand that because they were there on the mountain, found with Jesus by faith, that God was speaking the same thing over them. You are my son, and I am well pleased with you because of Christ Jesus. And from that place, I pray that the Lord would open your eyes to who has the Lord given you? Where is that field that he wants you to sell all for? And I pray that the Lord would give you wisdom and discernment as to your next step. Just the next step. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, subscribe to our podcast and find us on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you would like to give to our church, go to myc3church.ca. See you next week.